Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Diving Board Podcast. I am your host, Jill, and thank you so much for joining me on another pop culture deep dive. I'm so happy to be back in the deep end with all of you. It has been a minute since we talked last. It was right around the holidays, wrapping up our Lindsay Lohan series, our week-long Lindsay Lohan series. That was such a fun time. I am already nostalgic for that time. I miss it so much. It was definitely just a ride, and I'm so happy and grateful that you joined me on said ride. If you haven't listened to it yet, and this is a shameless plug, I definitely suggest going back and listening to it because like I said, it was just an amazing, amazing time. Um, But I'm very happy to be back. I know I kind of took January off from recording because it was a rather dark month. And that sounds so dramatic. It was literally dark. It was like I would wake up and it's pitch black. I would go to work and it was still dark out. I would come home from work and the sun was already setting. It was by seven o'clock in the evening, I would look at my my phone to see what time it was because I was ready to go to bed. And I'd be like, it's already seven because I was ready to turn in for the night. So it was just not an inspiring time to record for me. But the sun is out. It's getting lighter earlier and darker later in the day. So you never realize how much you rely on the sun until you go like five weeks without seeing it. So I am definitely feeling much more inspired and very happy to be back in the deep end, especially today, because it is an exciting day. It is Super Bowl Sunday. It is actually Super Bowl Sunday today. And I'm really excited to be doing this episode, um, but very excited for today. Um, Admittedly, I don't know who's in the Super Bowl. Um, I'm not really, that sounds so unprofessional because it's the Super Bowl episode, but I'm not particularly a football fan, full disclosure, but also I'm from Chicago. I'm a Chicago sports fan, and none of the teams that I root for have been in any sort of playoff for a very, very long time. So um, I'm just not particularly interested, but I hope that whoever is playing today, if you are a fan of them or if one of your teams is in it, I hope it's your desired outcome. I hope whoever you're rooting for wins. If you have money bet on the game, I hope you guys win a lot because I am very supportive of my divers. So I hope it's your desired outcome, but I just, I don't know the, uh, the teams, unfortunately. Um, but, uh, I am excited for today because for one, I love the Super Bowl because I love the commercials. They're always the best on the Super Bowl. And of course, I am so excited for the return of the queen. Uh, Rihanna is headlining the Super Bowl this year, and I cannot remember the last time I was this excited for a Super Bowl halftime show. Like, I cannot wait to see what she's wearing, what the theatrics are, who joins her on stage, what songs that she's going to sing. I hope we definitely get some throwback, Ponday replay, some Umbrella, definitely stuff off the Talk That Talk album or Loud, definitely songs off Anti, and of course, some new songs. I really think this is the start of hopefully a new album because we need it. Um, So I'm really, really excited. Um, But I've waited to do this episode for a while. I actually wanted to do it last year, but you know, I launched Diving Board 
in February of last year and it was later in the month. So I'm like, oh, I can't talk about this particular Super Bowl halftime show because it just the dust had kind of settled on the Super Bowl that year. But I'm like, I'm doing it this year. So I'm doing it on the day of the Super Bowl. So, so excited to talk about this because I really feel like every Super Bowl Sunday should also be coined Janet Jackson Appreciation Day because our girl deserves it. And that's what I'm going to be talking about today. I am going to be talking about probably the most infamous Super Bowl halftime show ever. And that is the halftime show of 2004, headlined by the queen herself, Janet Jackson. So I've got the time machine outside uh, ready. The engine is running. And we're going to go back to 2004. We're very familiar with that year on the Diving Board Podcast. So much happened that year. Um, But kicking it off was Janet Jackson at the Super Bowl. And while we're in the time machine, we're not going to be channeling Ruben Stuttered, sorry, 2004 this year because we're not sorry for 2004. But the person who should be sorry for 2004 is Justin Timberlake. And we're going to get into it. Don't you worry. Um, But before we get to the 2004 Super Bowl halftime show, it's worth noting that Janet was actually billed to perform at the 2002 Super Bowl halftime show. Because if you know, if you're a music lover, if you're a Janet Jackson fan, you know that 2001 was a massive year for Janet because that was the year that All For You came out. And that was such an amazing album. I remember being at... Sam Goody, the day that it opened at Northbrook Court in Northbrook, Illinois, for those who are familiar, because I was definitely a mall kid growing up, and I was definitely a Sam Goody girl. I loved Sam Goody. Gosh, remember that? And I got it the day it came out and was just obsessed with that album. My sister and I were obsessed with that album, and she definitely had a meteoric year because I think 5 million copies sold of All For You worldwide. It was a huge album and the tour was just amazing. If you ever have time and quite frankly make the time because All For You was such an amazing tour and there's still clips of that tour on YouTube, definitely watch them because I wish I was there. I would definitely have been too young to understand the nature of that tour, but I really wish I was there. It was so amazing. So it was natural that Janet Jackson would have performed in 2002 because she was coming off of such a big year and she's already a living legend. Usually Super Bowl halftime shows are already really established artists, but this was the first Super Bowl after 9-11 and it was going to happen just a few months afterwards. So people had kind of reevaluated who was going to be playing at the Super Bowl that year. And they decided that they were going to go with U2 that year, because if you remember, U2 was the band, and specifically Bono, who were really focused on philanthropic efforts and humanitarian efforts back then worldwide. And it would have just made sense to have them kind of in a community-focused, inspiring halftime show. So Janet Jackson was kind of scrubbed off the bill, but they said, definitely, we're going to get you in a couple of years. So people were waiting. People had two years um, of waiting for Janet to perform at the Super Bowl halftime show. And there was a ton of buzz around it. Janet's choreographer was definitely buzzing it to the press. He was saying, this is a Super Bowl show like no other. She's in top form. She looks amazing. She's dancing amazing. And he also says 
there's a lot of surprises in the show as well. So he's kind of teasing it. And MTV actually responded to that comment days later. And they were like, the surprise was Justin Timberlake, everyone. That was the surprise because, you know, obviously they were trying to cover themselves. But there was a lot of buzz. And, you know, once the halftime show starts, it kind of was your standard halftime show, like really amazing, fun music, cool theatrics. I mean, Janet looked amazing. She was definitely on brand from the All For You tour, kind of in that like black rubber latex outfit with bustier tied up. Um, She had like um, a red lace bra peeking underneath. She had a black cape on, like she looked amazing. She looked like a superhero saving us all from bad music. She looked awesome. She's dancing. She's singing songs from Rhythm Nation. P. Diddy shows up. Nelly shows up. Kid Rock, a.k.a. Bob. Now that we know from the Pamela Anderson doc that he went by Bob in real life, he shows up. I don't know how Kid Rock correlates to a Janet Jackson halftime show, but whatever. It was 2004. You know, anything went back then. I miss it. But they're doing their thing, and it's so fun. And... Janet Jackson comes back on and she is accompanied with Justin Timberlake. Now, Justin Timberlake at this time was probably, I would say, about top three musical artists. Like he had just come off Justified. That was such a huge record. I was obsessed with Justified. I think we all were. It was just an amazing solo debut. And uh, we all love Justin Timberlake. We didn't know better at the time. So it was just amazing that he had shown up and you know they're acting like very sexy like i said like just um janet jackson her brand at the time and has always been like super super sexy and the all for you tour was definitely sexually charged like i said i was definitely too young to have gone to it because it was more adult in nature so they're having fun he's kind of grinding on her and can i just say a side note Looking at this, it exemplifies how little men have to try because Janet looks incredible. She looks like a superstar. She looks like a superhero, beautiful. And Justin looks like Shaggy from Scooby-Doo. Like, where did you park the mystery machine? Because he's in baggy khaki pants, a green shirt, and an oversized black blazer. Like, you couldn't have gotten a stylist. He just, he looks like a scrub. And we don't want no scrubs here on the Diving Board Podcast. But, you know, they're doing their thing and they're singing Rock Your Body and she's kind of doing the talk to me boy section of the song. And there is a line in the song. You're obviously probably very familiar with it because we all listened to this album back then. And it's saying, gonna have you naked by the end of this song. And when he finishes that line, he's standing to Janet's side and he reaches behind her and grabs the corner of her bra and tears it off. And what is exposed is her breast with like a silver sun pasty on it. And Amelia falls out and they act shocked. And I'm saying acted shocked because they're not shocked in a way of like, Like, what just happened? They're shocked and kind of that coquettish shocked, kind of that cheeky shocked, um, you know, like those old pinups where like the, the girl has the expression on her face, like you caught her changing, but it's like a very flirty kind of shocked. That's what it reminds me of. It's not a genuine like, oh, my God, did like is did your boob just fall out right now on television? 
And at least that's not how it came across to me. So um, immediately it goes to commercial. Everyone's like, wait, what What just happened? A hundred million people have watched it. And this was before everyone had TiVo, so they couldn't rewind it immediately. Everyone was just kind of in a state of shock, wondering like, did that, did I just see what I think I just saw? Now, allegedly after the show, Janet is in utter shock. She's so embarrassed. She runs off, she, she drapes herself in a towel. She immediately exits the arena. She hops in a car, gets on a jet and goes home. You know, allegedly she was crying and just really, really upset. Now, you hear me saying alleged because there's just conflicting stories because Justin acted very, very different after that. You know, he stayed for the rest of the game, the rest of the the night, had a great time. And when he was interviewed by Access Hollywood about the performance, he just said, you know, it was a really fun night. And they kind of asked like, well, what was that at the end? And he said, we love giving y'all something to talk about. So he was like, yeah, it went kind of how we thought it would. And, you know, we're we're giving you, we, we made a splash. And... It's worth noting that this particular Super Bowl halftime show was produced by MTV. MTV and Viacom had produced this halftime show. And a few months prior was the Britney Christina Madonna kiss. And everyone was obviously talking about that, particularly Madonna and Britney. I want to do an episode on that, but I think it would be like 15 minutes long because it's not that much Uh, It's a very mini scandal, but if you want me to do an episode, I totally would. Just let me know. But anyway, they were kind of riding the high of that, that everyone was talking about that. And allegedly, Justin was kind of upset about that Britney had gotten so much publicity over that. And you remember, he was in the audience during that entire time. So he wanted something that he wanted to one up her in a way. So he also wanted to make a splash. Like I said, that's alleged, but of course, I believe that he actually thought that. So they thought, okay, let's let's do this whole nipple gate, so to speak. So immediately that night, the backlash starts pouring in. And this is before um, social media really had taken off, but the backlash still was happening. So MTV and Justin Timberlake had actually issued an apology that night saying, you know, that we regret it. Um, Justin says, I'm sorry if anyone was offended by the wardrobe malfunction. And this is the first time that we ever hear the term wardrobe malfunction. But this Nipplegate had actually coined that term like that is a term in the dictionary now like if you have a merriam-webster dictionary i don't really know why you would have one (laughs) but if you have one handy that has been published in the last 15 years wardrobe malfunction is in the dictionary now because of this so that was the first time we get this term but they're already apologizing for the night of and mtv says the tearing of janet jackson's costume was unrehearsed unplanned and completely unintentional and was inconsistent with assurances we had about the content of the performance. MTV regrets this incident occurred and we apologize to anyone offended by it. So they're already trying to cover their tracks right afterwards. Like we said, Janet has already skipped the arena. She's gone, but she did not immediately release a statement, but her rep said she apologizes for the incident. I don't think she realized though how big of a controversy this was going to be. Because I remember the day after this, it was 
everywhere. It was on the front page of the newspaper. It was everyone on the radio was talking about it. I remember going to school and listening to the morning radio and it was all they could talk about. People were calling in, voicing their opinion about it. It was just and morning radio. I don't know if um, it was like this wherever you guys are from, but in Chicago, like our morning radio people, they were like celebrities. So it was on like the top morning radio shows that were being listened to the entire city, all of the suburbs, like millions of people were listening to these morning radio shows. Like I just remember growing up, like those people who hosted um, on the top stations in Chicago, like we made such a big deal of those people. Like if I had seen them in public, I definitely would have been starstruck. I'd actually in my early 20s had gone on a few dates with um, a radio DJ who was probably on like the second most popular station in the city, which I couldn't get the first one, but I got the second most popular. Um, (laughs) But I had gone on a few dates with him. And I remember every time we would hung out, I would always ask for like the gossip or the tea on like the morning radio show people, I'd be like, what do you know? What do you know about this? And he'd be like, can you stop asking me about these people? (laughs) But they were like celebrities. Like I really wanted to know like the contract issues and like why this person left or why this person's fighting. Like I wanted to know, but he, he never really gave me much information, but clearly he still wants to talk because even 10 years on, that guy still reaches out to me. And I'm talking about like as recent of like a week and a half ago. But luckily, I I do not respond. That ship has sailed. But men, they will always come out of the woodwork. I promise you, even this random radio DJ, when all I wanted to talk about was the morning talk show people. But anyway, um, back to the story. So the next day, like I said, it was a huge outrage. Everyone's talking about it. And Janet starts coming out with you know, a different story. Like I work in PR. I understand crisis management. We got to figure out how to swing this story. And she first comes out with one and she says, you know, there was supposed to be a costume reveal, but it wasn't supposed to be of my breast. He was only supposed to tear off the top of the leather bustier and reveal the red lace bra, which you know, giving my opinion, which when have I ever done that? Um, I don't think that's true because there are reports that the costume stylist and the designer, he had actually gone to different boutiques in Los Angeles and was looking for like silver pasties. And he was telling people at the boutique, like tune into the Super Bowl, tune into the Super Bowl. And I mean, again, that's a story, but I think that happened. So Janet saying like it, that's just not what was supposed to go down. It was only supposed to be the bra. It wasn't supposed to be my entire breast. And she said the decision to have a costume reveal at the end of my halftime show performance was made after final rehearsals. So that's kind of interesting because she said that 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 had just happened. We had just decided to do this after rehearsals were done, which doesn't really make sense because you know, when you're designing a costume, you design a tearaway. So it doesn't really make sense that all of a sudden they're like, oh, yeah, let's just randomly do a tearaway after we've rehearsed everything like that's built into the costume. So that was the first story that didn't really make sense very much. But I think they just wanted to release a statement. But by February 3rd, two days after the Super Bowl, the FCC, which, of course, is the Federal Communications Commission, 
they launch an investigation into this entire performance because the FCC, they usually get like a handful of complaints every year of indecency, probably by like the usual suspects, the people who are just going to be offended by everything. They're complaining to the FCC and they know how to do to deal with those. But in one day after the Super Bowl, the FCC got over a half a million complaints from people about the Janet Jackson, Justin Timberlake performance over a half a million people when they normally don't even get like 10,000 complaints every year. So this was a really, really big deal to the FCC. And they're like, we need to do something. Immediately, they tried to fine CBS um, over a half a million dollars. But CBS is like, we don't want to pay this. And they also are ordering MTV to pay back the $10 million worth of sponsorship money to their sponsors. So MTV's freaking out. They're like, that's $10 million. We're not doing that. So immediately they're like, okay, well, we're blaming someone and they're blaming Janet Jackson. They're saying Janet engineered all of this. You know, Janet pulled the wool over our eyes, or should I say the red lace over our eyes? I am <laughs> such an idiot. Um, <laughs> Anyway, they're like, Janet definitely pulled one over on us. Like this was her, um, you know, this was her idea. And she really wanted to make us look bad. So they said that um, Justin was actually informed right before he was supposed to hit the stage and said, do this, like do this. Um, this is what we have planned. We're going to make a splash and we want you a part of this. Which, like, do we really believe that? Like, we really believe right before he's supposed to hit the stage, it's like, tear this off of me. That was pretty well choreographed. Like, if he could pick that up minutes before he's supposed to do that, I think we're giving Justin Timberlake a little bit too much credit. But, you know, we're saying that, you know, Janet engineered all of this. And Justin is just the innocent young man bystander. And Justin kind of throws Janet under the bus along with MTV. He said, you know, I was only told that I was just supposed to rip away the uh, the top of it. And I and the bra was going to be exposed. I was absolutely shocked and appalled when this happened. And Justin says how he's so frustrated with the situation and how his character is being brought into question because he's had such a good year musically, which what? So again, throwing Janet under the bus. And it's worth noting that, you know, Janet and Justin, like they were friends. They had a level of familiarity with each other because they had been on tour with each other because NSYNC had opened up for Janet during the Velvet Rope Tour in 1998. So like they had a few years worth of friendship under their belt. And it's just upsetting. Like you didn't even try to defend her or you didn't really even try to contact each other to at least get your story straight. Like, OK, what are we going to say? What are we going to say to the press? Like they're both, you know, they've been in the industry. Obviously, Janet's been in the industry much longer. But Justin was on the Mickey Mouse Club. He was on NSYNC. I understand this is his first solo tour, but this isn't his first time at the rodeo with being in front of the press. Like he's been in the business for a while now. Like defend your friend. It's just, I don't know, instead of throwing her under the bus. And, you know, later in the week are the Grammys. And of course, 
Janet Jackson is a legend. She's a musical superstar. She's making really current music. So of course she'd be at the Grammys. Well, her invitation gets revoked and she's no longer invited to the Grammys. But do you know who is invited to the Grammys and is actually asked to perform? Justin Randall Timberlake. He's there. Yes, I remember his middle name because at one point in my life, I was obsessed with Justin. I was an NSYNC girly. Sorry to my Backstreet Boy fans who are listening, but I was definitely an NSYNC girl. Um, But yeah, he's performing. He's there. He's at the Grammys. And he actually apologizes again because he wins two awards for Justified. And during his acceptance speech, he apologizes for the Super Bowl. So he's definitely kind of bringing it up and he's saving face. And like I said, people are still just throwing Janet under the bus. And it's horrible because they are not only revoking her Grammy invitation, they're blacklisting her. CBS is making sure that on MTV, there are no music videos from Janet. There are no songs playing from Janet. There's nothing to do with Janet Jackson. So all the Justify videos are still playing. All the songs are still playing. He's still on TRL, but Janet, nope blacklisted. Uh, She has her album Demita Joe coming out in March. So in a few weeks, but she can't promote that album at all on MTV because of this. So that album actually comes out. Demita Joe comes out and it is the lowest selling album she's had in 20 years. Every other album she's come out has debuted at number one, but this album doesn't. The first time since 1984 that her album doesn't chart at number one during a debut. Of course, it's still a great album and people still buy it. It does go double platinum, two million albums sold. But when you're coming off of a Goliath like All For You, it is a rather large downfall, but it's because she didn't have the opportunity to promote any of it because she's been blacklisted. But who comes to her defense? Not her friend Justin Timberlake. He doesn't say anything. He keeps doubling down. And I'm going to make an episode on this on the um, Kate Moss scandal. Um, but it reminds me of during that Kate Moss scandal. Like I remember Alexander McQueen, he when he had a fashion show, like he had a whole holographic video of Kate Moss playing in the background saying, we love you, Kate, because that was his friend. And he understood that, yeah, like you got caught doing drugs, but you, you didn't inside a hate crime. You weren't saying racist or anti-Semitic things. You weren't, you know, spewing vitriol. Yeah, okay, this is a scandal, but nothing happened from it. You weren't harming anybody. And he supported his friend. Justin didn't. This was harmless. I understand you don't want your kids to see this, but like they're going to survive. I was a kid during it and I saw it and I survived. I watched MTV Spring Break for years and saw a lot of stuff. And I turned out fine. You might be saying like, girl, are you sure? Are you sure about that? But in my opinion, I turned out fine. And I saw a lot of stuff like I get it. You want to shield your kids from some stuff and you didn't expect this to happen, but it's harmless. They survived and they'll get over it. I promise you, like defend your friend. But he doubled down and didn't come to her defense at all while she was taking all of the blame. Nobody was blaming MTV. Nobody was blaming Justin. They were blaming Janet and Janet only. And that is the true travesty here. And when you're looking at it, you see like... You know, Janet was such a massive superstar, but she still had fallen victim to this. And of course, 
it's worth noting like Justin is a straight white man. And when you're a straight white man, you have a certain level of privilege compared to a woman, specifically a woman of color and a black woman at that. So yeah, there is a very, very difference of scale and privilege and how society is going to react to a certain situation. And they all sided with Justin Timberlake. He was the one who was bamboozled. He was the innocent bystander. He had nothing to do with this. Janet just wanted to make a splash and do a publicity stunt and offend everybody, which is categorically not true. And that just showed the travesty in all of this. But Justin could have came to her defense and did not. He sat by and did nothing and just saved his own career. And that, and that is a point I really, really want to make. But as the months went on, Nipplegate, it just, like I said, just changed so much of the world as we knew it, not just with coining the term wardrobe malfunction. The FCC really looked into all of the indecency, quote, indecency that was going on on television. Like we had Lil' Kim with a pasty at the VMAs. Now the FCC was upset about that. Like we had, like I said, MTV Spring Break where everything kind of went, anything goes. And they were upset about that. So they really were trying to buckle down on, like I said, the quote, indecency that was on television. And YouTube itself was founded because of this Super Bowl halftime show. Joed Kareem said that when this happened, he kept Googling, looking for the video, looking for the video. And it was so hard to find that he was like, we need to create a website that we can go on and just find videos of things. So this was when like one of the co-creators of YouTube, this is where that idea came, came from, was this Super Bowl halftime show. So that was the inspiration for people to go on and see these videos. So we wouldn't even have YouTube. Well, I'm sure we would eventually have YouTube, but this came along because of Janet Jackson. Now, as the years went by, like I said, Justin never really came to Janet's defense. Eventually he came sort of to her defense in 2006 when he was in an interview, of course, promoting his next album, Future Sex Love Sounds, and he was asked about it. And he still never apologizes about it, but he touches on it and he says, you kind of have to have a sense of humor about all of this because, like you said, everyone takes this so seriously. Like, it's not that serious. The Middle East is the situation. That's serious. And that's worth noting as well, because a lot of people had theories that this was done to distract people from the Iraq war. And I don't I think that's a huge reach. And that was like what a lot of conspiracy people were saying. But that's what Justin brought up a lot was like the Middle East. Don't focus on this. It's focus on the Middle East. Like the Middle East has nothing to do with this. Honestly, dude, like come defend your friend. He really could have shut a lot of this down. And I'm not saying that he had that much pull, but I really think he could have used his privilege to help Janet and to say like, hey, this is not right. Instead of just focusing on himself and his career and his public image and his quote character being questioned, like you you could have you had you had a part in this, too. You had it was 50 50, dude. 
But he does admit that the treatment was unfair. He says it's an understatement to say that it was sort of unfair if you consider it 50-50. I probably got 10% of the blame, which I still think is generous. He probably got about 5%, if that. And he says, and that says something about society. I think that America's harsher on women, and I think America's unfairly harsh on ethnic people. So, yeah, I'm glad that he's acknowledging that, but it's just a little bit too little too late, dude. Like the the dust has settled on this and you really could have gone and said something. And like I said, I understand at this time, Justin was in his early 20s. He's a young man. But like I said, he was still a veteran in the industry and he knows how to swing the press. He was in one of the most publicly televised, publicized relationships with Britney Spears, which we will get into in a little bit. Like he knows how to swing the press. He's not an idiot. So whatever. But Janet actually finally addressed the whole situation in 2006 as well when she goes on Oprah. And Oprah flat out asks her, she's like, did you feel left hanging by Justin? And she's like, yeah, I... I did. And she's like, there's just certain things you don't do to a friend. And she's like, and we were friends. And she's like, I still consider him a friend, but we haven't spoken because, yeah, Justin really did throw her under the bus. And like I said, I do think maybe they could have consulted and said, what's our story here? And they didn't do that. But Justin did not have to go along with, you know, this was a last minute thing or I was shocked when her breasts fell out and all of this stuff. Dude, we see your face. You were you were not that shocked. So, you know, Janet says like all of this was um, put on me and none of it was put on Justin. And to a certain degree, yeah, he just left me hanging. And it just it's so upsetting because you look at a lot of people say, oh, this destroyed Janet's career. And I don't want to say it destroyed it because she still went on to have a commercially successful album and another commercially successful album. Did it match the success of her other albums? No. But I don't want to say that this had the power to destroy Janet Jackson. Was this a major, major unfair setback? Of course, because she was asked to resign from certain projects. She was asked to resign from certain films. And was Justin asked to resign from anything? No, not at all. It was very, very unfair. But I just, I don't want to give it the power that it destroyed Janet because she's still a legend and an icon. Like nothing's going to destroy Janet Jackson. But yeah, this was a very, very major unfair setback. And CBS, or excuse me, the FCC tried to sue CBS for years for that half million dollar fine, but they wound up never getting it. And in 2014, um, one of the FCC chairmen actually said, and he admitted that it was really, really unfair how they treated Janet. And he even said, like, I had to kind of play up my outrage. He's like, I wasn't that outraged by this, but I had to play it up because so much of America was outraged and I was on the FCC board at the time. So that just shows like all of this was so phony. Even members of the FCC weren't even that upset about it, but they had to go with the the crowd. And Janet, again, was just the scapegoat of who they blamed everything on. 
And like I said, Janet definitely rebounded and still continued to have a great career. But Justin Timberlake was still so dismissive of the entire situation because in 2016, Ernest Owens actually tweeted him after uh, Justin Timberlake was tweeted how he was inspired um, by the BET Awards. And Ernest says, so does this mean you're going to stop appropriating our music and culture and apologize to Janet too? And Justin was very, very dismissive about it. And he goes, oh, you sweet soul. So condescending. Oh, you sweet soul. The more you realize that we are the same, the more we can have a conversation. Bye. Like, I dislike him so much. Like, the level of disdain that I have for Justin Timberlake runs so deep. Like, I cannot stand him. But you know, in 2018, two years later, guess who gets to headline the Super Bowl halftime show? Justin Timberlake. He goes out, he headlines the show, but before that, he's doing press for it. And somebody, of course, brings up the fallout from the 2004 halftime show. And he goes, I stumbled through it, to be honest. I had my wires crossed. It's just something you have to look back on and be like, well... Okay, you can't change what happened, but you can move forward and learn from it. Okay, and uh, what does Janet have to say about that, uh, Justin? It's really nice you can move forward from it, but uh, what does she have to say? And he goes, you know, we have a great relationship. We're on good terms. People don't know that because it's no one's business, but we're on good terms, which Justin, define good terms. It's like, is it like the good terms you're on with your ex where it's like, okay, maybe I don't want to key your car anymore, but if I ever see you in public, I'm turning the other way. Like, is it those good terms? Because I feel like those are the good terms. But also he kind of uh, makes homage to this entire situation during his 2018 performance because he references uh, during Rock Your Body and kind of makes a joke about it. But you know, which would have been a really good redemption was bringing Janet on stage. You had pull at this time. Like you've been in the industry for a very long time when 2018 rolls around, what, like, oh, 30 years. You had pull. You could have brought Janet and had a true redemption. And could you imagine that performance if Janet came out? OMG, I would have died. But yeah, like you you could have brought her out instead of making a joke about this. And it's easy for you to joke about it because you weren't the one blacklisted. But you could have brought her out and had a true redemption of this entire thing. But he's just so selfish in that sense. And I don't know. I Like I said, in case you haven't uh, realized, I am um, not a fan of Justin Timberlake. But People for years have talked about this and more has come out um, about this entire scandal. And they said um, the CBS chairman, Les Moonves, they said was, quote, obsessed with ruining Janet Jackson's career after the incident. And like I said, I don't want to give these people power and say that they ruined her career. But yeah, it was a major setback. Of course, she still had successful tours and like I said, successful albums, but it was a setback. But I hate to give any of these people power that they ruined her career because I still love Janet Jackson. She's still doing amazing things. So I just I hate to think that. But yeah, it was a major, major setback. And things still come out about how people acted that that time and how they really just wanted to blame Janet for everything. And like I said, Justin was the innocent bystander and he did nothing to sway that narrative. 
And Justin never fully gave Janet an apology until 2021, until two years ago. So almost two decades have passed since this. And Justin finally addressed the situation two years ago. And this was after the entire Free Britney movement had really exploded. We had the documentaries, we had the miniseries, and so many people were gaining light of like how bad Justin treated these women. Of course, the true Britney fans, we knew. We knew we did not need the doc. We've always had a disdain for Justin Timberlake for many years now, but this is when the masses started to realizing this. And of course, now Gen Z, our internet culture, where they're going after, they're the pitchforks, the cancel culture, they're going after everyone. So they start going after Justin Timberlake. And it wasn't until he started getting the wrath of Gen Z on the internet that he realized, yeah, I, I probably need to issue an apology because he wants to put an end to this. So he says, I've seen the messages, tags, comments, and concerns, and I want to respond. I am deeply sorry for the times in my life where my actions contributed to the problem, where I spoke out of turn, or I did not speak for what is right. I specifically want to apologize to Britney Spears and Janet Jackson, both individually, because I care for and respect these women, and I know I failed. Well, did you ever apologize to them personally, Justin, or did you just apologize to them via a public statement after getting the wrath of the cancel culture and the people and the comments and tags on your posts? Like, it is so phony. It is so fake and it is so contrived. Like, dude, this is so fake, probably as fake as your marriage right now to Jessica Biel. Because remember a couple of years ago when he was spotted with that other woman on the set of his film? Like, where did that film even come out? Because I didn't see it. Probably straight to DVD, probably straight to dollar VHS bin at Blockbuster. Because you know what? Enough of that. He is he is fake and phony. What was the last song he came out with? The song from Trolls? He is a troll himself, and I am not here for it. Sorry, I did not want this to turn into a Justin Timberlake bashing episode, but it definitely has. And sorry, like when Britney Spears comes into the situation, you know, I get a little wild and a little off the rails, but I just get so upset. Like he's just fake and he's contrived. And he only apologized after he pretty much had to when his feet were held to the fire because he had every opportunity for years to come out and say what he did was wrong and fully address the situation. But Janet last year, like she definitely came out and said, you know, we're on good terms. That was a really long time ago. We're friends. We talked recently and let's all just move on, which Janet is a better person than me. I'm just going to flat out say it like she is a better person than me. And, you know, that's just the way things go. But, you know, I'm glad that she's at peace because if anyone deserves to be at peace with this, it's Janet. She went through a lot with this and people who she thought were her friends did not come to her defense. And she just it's a shame because and it's it's just really unfair. And like I said, it really gives us a prime exhibit A of the privilege that certain people have in this country. And if you don't use your privilege to help others who don't have the level of privilege you do, you are just as bad in this situation. And Janet Jackson truly is the victim in this situation when it was made to seem like Justin was the innocent bystander. Because you're going to ask me, well, you're probably not going to ask me, but I'm going to give it anyway. Um, (laughs) 
<laughs> what my opinion is on this. And of course, I think this was planned. I think this was a planned publicity stunt that just went awry. I think they wanted to make a splash. I think they wanted to kind of level up from the Britney and Madonna kiss. They had already pushed the envelope with that and they wanted to push it a little harder. But I think even though this was produced by MTV, this was not MTV. This was CBS. This was the Super Bowl. This is a little more family friendly. And it just they didn't know their audience and it completely backfired. I don't think they thought that it was going to get the backlash that it was going to get and they had to cover themselves. But of course, I think this was planned and I think Justin knew exactly what was going on. I think obviously Janet knew what was going on and I think MTV knew what was going on to an extent. Maybe they didn't know that her whole breast was going to be exposed, but they knew something was going to happen. And for them to say that they had no idea it's just a flat out lie. And it people, it just went awry. It was, they wanted to kind of push the envelope and it totally backfired. And again, you could totally disagree with me. I know I have a lot of opinions, but they're not all set in stone. So if you have a different opinion and you present to me a strong argument, I am totally open to hearing that and totally open to changing my opinion. Um, in terms of Justin Timberlake, my opinion on him, that is definitely set in stone, specifically the Rosetta Stone. I mean, Moses is carrying that around along with the Ten Commandments. That is absolutely never changing, um, ever. I will always feel the way I feel about Justin Timberlake. No one comes after Britney Spears. I'm, I'm sorry. And especially Janet Jackson, too. Like, this is... This is just hearing this story and I get passionate about it because it is such a travesty. And the only thing that really comforts me about this is I know it wouldn't happen today. I know that we would definitely come more to a defense of Janet and definitely not just And maybe if there were backlash, it wouldn't be just so hyper focused on one individual and um, especially the woman and especially the woman of color. I just I know she would be definitely defended more by the masses than back then. And I mean, obviously, society is not perfect now, but it has evolved and gotten better. Like, I just know this wouldn't have happened like it did back then, because the great thing is, I mean, we have a woman of color. We have Rihanna headlining the Super Bowl halftime show tonight. We have J-Lo. We have Shakira. We have Beyonce. Like, we have just evolved more as a society and protect each other more than back then where these people had much more power. So that's the only thing that really comforts me about this. But I think it's still a story that needs to be addressed. I know that um, people have made peace. Janet has made peace with it. Um, but you know what? I am still here to dig up the old drama and give you the lowdown about Justin Timberlake. And this is probably the only episode that I will want to bring him up because he makes my skin crawl, quite frankly. But it's like, tell us how you really feel. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, that's um, basically the story of the 2004 Super Bowl halftime show. Janet, like the queen she is, has rebounded. She's actually on tour this year. Excited to see her. I think she's coming to Chicago in May. And I think you know, she's just continuing to kill it and just have a legendary career. And we love her for it. So shout out to Janet Jackson 
Godspeed to, um, you know, he who shall not be named, <laughs> Justin Timberlake, you know, do your thing. He's seeming to lay low, which is absolutely fine with me. And like I said, I, I mean, you'll probably be, you're probably watching the Super Bowl tonight, so you'll probably listen to this sometime this week. But I really hope whatever your desired outcome of this game is, if you have one, I hope it, it works in your favor. Um, you know, it's a 50-50 shot, right? So um, I'm, I'm here for anyone, whoever you want um, people to win. Um, so I just want to say thank you all so much for listening to this episode. I really, really appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope it was a trip down memory lane or gave you a different perspective that maybe you hadn't remembered. I think it's a really important story to tell and to continue to tell. So thank you all so much. Um, if you enjoyed this episode or if you learned something, I would so appreciate if you rated me five stars on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening to this podcast. I would so appreciate if you followed me on the podcast. I'm definitely um, going to be releasing more bonus content and I do not promote those on Instagram. Those are only um, available to my followers or you're only going to know about them if you are following or on the page. I don't promote those. They're a little more secret bonus episodes. So I'd love if you followed me wherever you're listening to this podcast. And if you want to join our family over on Instagram of at diving board pod, of course, that is B-O-R-E-D. We would love to have you over there. But thank you all so much. I'm so excited to release more episodes this month. And until then, I'll talk to you all very, very soon. Take care, everyone.